Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Everyday Colloquies. I am your conversationalist, Chantel. Taking that first step is often the hardest. We set our goals, we know what we want, but taking those first steps to reach our goals can often be very daunting. Today's special guest is no stranger to taking first steps, going off the beaten path, and facing her fears. Dr. Candice Alushala, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. To begin, Dr. Alushala, now you and I go way back. We went to undergrad together. And as we were just discussing before this, we also went to summer camp together. (laughs) We did. And we were cabin mates. Yes, we were. But can you give our listeners a little background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like she said, my name is Candace. Some people call me Candy as well. I grew up in Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky girl, and I am a first-generation American. My dad is Nigerian, and my mom is Grenadian, so a lot of flavors in my background, and I love every single bit of it. I grew up being very musical as well, so I've played violin, French horn. I sing very active with just music in general still, still something that I'm very passionate about. And something fun about me, I took a year off in undergrad to be a missionary in Ecuador and I learned Spanish by ear there. In doing so, I got to come back and continue exercising my Spanish skills by teaching elementary school Spanish and eventually getting qualification to be a medical interpreter. So I really love Spanish. I love the language. It's just something I'm super, super passionate about utilizing anytime I can. And another fun fact, I really love ballroom dancing. So whenever we're allowed to do that full on again, y'all can hit me up and we can go ballroom dancing somewhere. (laughs) That is very interesting. Ballroom dancing. Hmm. How how did that happen? Yeah, I actually got into that during undergrad. I was trying to find a fun way to lose weight. And, you know, some people do Zumba and whatever. Um, I grew up doing dance classes for like half of my childhood from like ages 5 to 14. And loved dance. And I was like, I've never done couples dancing before. So let's try that style of dance and absolutely fell in love with it. So I've been dancing on and off for about 10 years, ballroom style. And it's just, it's super fun. I highly encourage anyone who's never done it to find a ballroom dance studio that has their free classes or they have those like $5 classes. Students come in on a discount or for free and they teach you a dance in a in a class for an hour. It's really, really easy. That's how I learned. So yeah, totally should check it out if you haven't tried it. So on top of all of her other expertise, she is the host of First Paso podcast, which has a lot of great content, but we'll get into that a little bit later. In episode two of Everyday Colloquies, I touched on moving forward taking steps toward our dreams. 
And today we have an opportunity to learn from someone who's done it. As the host of First Paso podcast, I want to know about your First Paso. Throughout our lives, we often have enormous decisions to make. What would you consider to be a time when you were faced with an enormous decision and had to take your first puzzle? My first puzzle experience that I want to talk about is one that I haven't really publicly told a lot of people about, and it's when I started pharmacy school. So I am a I'm a pharmacist in Kentucky, and I started pharmacy school back in the fall of 2014. It was very difficult for me. A little background on that, I was a biochemistry pre-med major in undergrad, and it was only about a month before I graduated in 2013 that I felt led more towards pharmacy than I did medicine. I started applying Uh, did any extra classes I needed for the pre-farm courses and got in to University of Kentucky for 2014 to be in the graduating class of 2018. So I went and the program was something I'd never experienced before. I felt like a fish out of water. I've never had that much struggle in my academic career and balancing a long distance relationship at the time, this new program and being alone in a new city. Although I grew up in Kentucky, I did not grow up in Lexington. I grew up three hours from here. So it was a foreign place for me as well. Living with a family I didn't know. It was just a lot of new things all at one time. And by the end of the semester, I had not passed one of my classes by 1.3%. So in the program, you have to get 70% or better in a class to continue. Within the pharmacy program, the whole class takes every class together, except for electives. But we, all of our core classes, we go in together and we come out together. So if you fail a course, you can't go on. They have to hold you back. This was the first time ever in my entire life that I had actually failed a class. And I thought the world was coming to an end. Literally, I went home for Christmas. I cried my eyes out, then ended up having a falling out with my then boyfriend. We basically broke up. And then I had this decision to make. My pride was shot. I didn't feel like proceeding in the program, even though technically I could. Because I had only failed one course, they allow you to keep your intern license, which is a blessing in and of itself. And then you just wait until the next class of students come in and you just restart with them. And I was so embarrassed. I didn't want people to know that I had failed. I didn't I wanted to hide in my parents' house. I just, I started thinking about my family name. People know who we are. I, I The first thing I thought was, how is it? I'm in a program and I failed a class and I have an older brother who is a Grammy Award winner, singer, graduated from Yale. My little brother is in an Ivy League school and I couldn't pass my first semester of pharmacy school. Like, I mean, I completely was 
putting myself down, calling myself, you know, incapable, unworthy, just totally demolished my my own worth in that moment. And it took my family surrounding me, uplifting me, encouraging me, telling me stories of their moments of failure to help me make my first Basso decision. And that decision was, do I completely quit the program in embarrassment and hide out for a couple years? Or do I do what I am offered to do? And that is take that spring semester off, re-strategize, try to figure out where you went wrong, and come in with a new graduating class. And so the first possible decision I ended up making was swallowing my pride and coming back to Lexington during my spring term off and trying to figure it out. So I went to the professor whose class I didn't pass and he told me something really profound, which I don't think you hear a lot of teachers say this, but he said, you seemed to have done everything right. You were studying your butt off. You practically lived in my office every few days a week, and yet you still didn't pass my class. And I realized that as your teacher, I failed you because I was teaching the course without thinking of students like you in mind. And now I have to, as the teacher, re-strategize how I teach this course for the next class that's coming. And so his advice to me was go work in a pharmacy because I think you're more of a tactile learner. I think you're more hands-on and that's how you learn. Little did I know that how right he was in that. And I got my first pharmacy job at a Walgreens in a small town in, in Kentucky. My boss learned of my situation. He asked why I wasn't in classes and I explained the situation to him and he took that as his opportunity to grow me and cultivate my skills so that way when I went back to school, I could do it. And he pushed me in the pharmacy, he challenged me, he helped me pick my pride up the floor every few days when I would just drop it there in the pharmacy and feel like I wanna hide out again and cry. And you know, he just really poured into me. Actually, I didn't even tell the family that I was living with that I failed my classes. I left the house every day as though I was going to school because I was too embarrassed to even tell them that I wasn't an active student at that time. And so what it did, though, is kept me from staying in my room to cry. And I found one of the local libraries and I would get a study room and I would re-strategize. I would study not just that class, but all the other classes that I did okay in, but I wanted to do better when I came back. So I studied every day, morning to night, talked to my family, stayed close to my loved ones through the process and having them encourage me from far away, stayed close to, um, uh, there was a woman who worked in the admissions office who kind of guided us through our program. Her name was Nicole. She's today one of my best friends, and she poured into me as well to remind me of my worth, of my goal, my dream to be a pharmacist, and that not passing one class by 1.3% was not going to dictate my future as a pharmacist. That was my first big puzzle, 
And I had a second paso that I had to take once classes started because now I had just spent eight, about eight months by myself and I had to decide how I was going to enter my new class. Am I going to enter this new class in shame and pretend like I'm a new student who's never been in this building before and is learning everything brand new? Or am I going to step into this class open and honest about my failure and let my classmates know what I did, why it didn't help me or benefit me, and how they can catch the signs in themselves early. I ended up choosing the latter. After eight months of internalizing it and figuring out where my pride was hurt and healing in those areas, I was confident enough and I was no longer embarrassed to share what my true experience was with my classmates and I ended up being a tool for them to kind of navigate themselves in the program and not fail because that's the last thing I experienced it myself I did not want to see anyone else experience it fast forward through all of that the school saw me as a mentor I got to I continued to and was able to during pharmacy school mentor students that were struggling that they would ask me if they could ask the student to reach out to me so I could encourage them and give them the tools that I learned. And I still had issues trying to pass my boards. It took me a few tries to pass my law exam. I still passed it. And I'm a pharmacist now. I'm involved in bettering this, the College of Pharmacy here in Lexington at University of Kentucky. I'm helping out the Kentucky Board of Pharmacy better at the profession throughout the state. And so all that to say that there's going to be moments where we mess up, where things just don't go as planned. We quote unquote failed, but the failure is only a failure if you choose not to learn from it and grow from it and use the tools that you learned in that experience to move forward, whether it's in the same direction or a different direction altogether. I'm still learning those lessons, I think, in that feeling of I failed and trying to change my mindset as to what failure means and what it looks like. And it's really up to the person who's in that situation to choose if they're going to say I failed or if they're just going to say that didn't work what now? Wow, what a journey. I find it interesting. A lot of times whenever we fail, essentially, or you don't get the results that we want the first time around, a lot of times our initial reaction isn't even trying to protect ourselves, but I think we're trying to protect everyone else instead. So when you were at the crossroads, deciding whether or not you wanted to keep going. I mean, you're you're extremely talented. Was there really, you know, one specific turning point that did it for you that told you like, okay, I have no choice. This is what I have to do. I've got to keep going. Being the only one in my family to epically fail something, it actually took my dad. He told me of a story about when he didn't do well in something, and it hit me that my one that my dad was human, 
you have ups and downs too. And so when he told me his own personal story of a time that he didn't do well or he failed at something that he was passionate about and how he had to re-strategize and get himself together to move forward, that was the most human experience for me to hear that someone that I basically idolized admit I have messed up and this was the consequence and this is what I ended up doing about it and now look at where I am and like that's okay it happens to a bunch of people and I I needed that I needed to hear that from my dad or to like make that decision to move on but then there was something else where I knew I had been called to pharmacy I knew it with all of my heart. Like, I knew it from my senior year of college that this is the direction I'm supposed to go in. You can't tell me different. The fail threw me off. And I realized that just because I was called to do this does not mean I was called to do it perfectly. And instead, it ended up being a testament of being able to still walk in your purpose and this, the steps getting there don't have to be perfect. You just have to learn every step of the way. So when you are finally at that place, you can help those coming behind you who are going through that same struggle and need the encouragement from someone who did do it and be cheered on to say, hey, you too, despite what your journey looks like, can still reach your purpose. Because you don't hear those stories. When you hear those stories and they don't share the the tough times, you start feeling inadequate for having them. You start feeling like, oh, I'm then I must be really struggling. Turns out everybody is struggling. People don't want you to know that they're struggling, but everyone is actively struggling. There's this perfect post that I saw recently. It said, we are a sad generation with lots of happy photos. Oftentimes, like you said, we don't hear those stories. We don't hear the backstory, the struggle. And when we have those, because it isn't the norm, it isn't what we're seeing from others, it makes us feel inadequate. But there's a tattoo that I have called Ubuntu, and it means humanity towards others. I am because we are. It's an African phrase. And the concept is when someone fails at something or when someone maybe kind of veers off the path, the right path, that the elders will put that person in the center of a circle, they'll surround them, and basically they'll speak life into them. And I think that's basically what your family did. They knew you were capable, you just had a little bump in the road, and they just needed to remind you of who you are and speak life into you again. So I think that is so, so beautiful and very important. Do you have any advice for those struggling with taking their first paso, their first step? My my advice would be to step into whatever it is that you're seeking to do your first paso in, your first step into, or out of, or towards, away from, whatever that first, whatever direction you need to step in for that first bustle, step into it, lean into the experience, and don't go into it saying, if I fail, then it was a wash. Go into it 
desiring to learn on the journey. Yes, have set a goal. Be ambitious about it. Whatever it is that you're you're trying to do, but be holistic in your thinking so that way in the case that it doesn't look the way that you've mentally placed in in yourself or line up to be, you can say, but I learned something and that knowledge is going to take me into the direction I'm seeking to go into. Literally look at those moments in the face and go, there's something in this that I need to learn, whether it's about the experience or about myself and enjoy that process because you will be surprised what comes out at the end. You might think you're going in one direction, And you end up in a totally different direction. And it's exactly where you realize you needed to be the whole time. And maybe you're going exactly where you've set your eyes to go. But that pathway is so all over the place. It'll still surprise you. And maybe the first paso just teaches you, you don't, shouldn't have made that paso at all. And you should be doing what you were originally doing to start. Whatever it is, enjoy the process and Don't be afraid to take your first paso because at the end of the day, it's just another way to learn more about yourself. I agree. Setting realistic expectations for yourself is important. And I think because of your journey, you made a much greater impact than you probably would have if you had just passed that class the first time and kept going. Dr. Alushala, before we end, I wanted to touch on your podcast. Will you tell us what is First Paso? So I'll tell you my my little slogan is I start off every show and I welcome everyone to the show and I say, uh, welcome to First Paso, a show where we learn together how to take that first paso toward becoming the best versions of ourselves. And so the whole premise of the that the podcast is so that I can collect stories from people of all walks of life, whether they are well-known or only I know them, and realizing that everyone has a story of an experience where they had to make a crucial decision. And what they learned from that experience, they're able to collect and share with the people behind them or next to them who need that information to propel them forward in becoming the best versions of themselves. And so that's what my platform is about. So if that's something you're really curious about listening to, I have several episodes out already on most of your major listening sites for podcasting. And what was your primary motivating factor for starting your podcast? So I actually have been wanting to do something in media for a long time and my older brother he has been encouraging me I'm pretty sure since undergrad and he's like Candace you are literally the female Will Smith you need to be on TV like you need people need to know you the way I know you and I'm like ah let me finish school first huh you know like it's in the back of my mind I promise but um I think once I got through pharmacy school and I realized man I have way more free time than I've had in uh, since I was five. And so <laughs> let me use it. Um, so I, I started putting those ideas together and actually being a guest on a podcast called That's PTX to Me. It's another cool podcast you should check out. 
Um, I was a guest for them and I realized, oh my word, this is my calling. I love this. And I jumped in there and, you know, then COVID happened and I had ample time to record <laughs> and and try to figure this venture out. So that's kind of what got me started in, in First Paso. So I know we don't always like to talk about our challenges, but I think, you know, we can learn so much from it. And being a fellow podcaster, what would you say has been your greatest challenge with the whole world of podcasting? Ooh, finding the time to actually do it all. Um, the editing takes time. I'm realizing that you are broke, broke, and don't have the funds to, you know, make it sound so fancy and all these things and not having a team, not having a partner to help you in that venture and keeping up the, the social media posts, keeping up the editing side and the posting side and being consistent with your content and when you're doing that by yourself that's it's like owning a child like it's a baby and you have to make sure you feed it you know, make sure it has nutrients you can't neglect it and so that responsibility on top of everything else I do in this world has been really really challenging and finding sponsors but like I came across them because they were already a sponsor of someone else I heard of that was doing a podcast and I was like hey can I borrow your sponsor like will they sponsor me is that are you okay with them sponsoring me too like right now I'm just like Candace can you record can you can you edit can you post okay let's get that down and then we'll we'll work on all the other things Dr. Candace Alushala Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here and share your story and experience with us on taking your first puzzle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciated this. And a special thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Dr. Candice Alushalo is our special guest, and she is the host of First Paso Podcast. You guys, be sure to check her out. Give her a like and a follow. You can find her on Instagram at first underscore Paso. She's on Facebook. She's on Twitter, First Paso. And she also has a website, www.firstpaso.com. I'll see you all next week on Everyday Colloquies.